I invite you all to remain standed as you, standing as you are able for the reading of God's holy word this morning. Our scripture comes from the book of Micah, chapter 6, and we'll be reading verses 6 through 8. Hear now these words. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? This, my friends, is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, good morning, church. It is special to be in the house of God with you all this morning. We do want to say a special word of welcome to any of you watching online, to those who may be homebound or hospitalized from Fayetteville all the way down to South Arkansas. We are so glad that you are joining with us in our worship this morning. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is Daniel Curry, and I'm blessed to be on staff here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, serving as your Caring Ministries Associate. This church has always been a pillar of United Methodism in our state, and so I'm very thankful to be standing before you all today. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Gracious and loving God, as we feel our lungs rise and fall, we rest in the fact that you are good and that you are God. We come before you today asking you to open our hearts and minds to hear your word. Be with me in my speaking and be with us in our listening, working your will throughout. Amen. I am proud to claim Little Rock as my hometown. I mean, I was close enough to a city limit sign that I feel like I could claim it every day as I drove past it. Um, but I think that also if you're less than 10 minutes from a Walmart, you can claim to be from that city. So <laughs> glad to have grown up here in Little Rock. I'm a product of both what they call the Pulaski County Special School District and the Little Rock School District, attending Joe T. Robinson for my younger years and later graduating from Little Rock Central High School after that. But after all this growing up, I, in the midst of it all, I was glad to have also grown up outside. As my grandmother once said, we were very fortunate as a family because you grew up on a creek bank doing good stuff. <laughs> so, and she was right. There were, you have not seen such fierce competition as what we called the leaf boat races that took place in our backyard. There was a creek that flowed down the hill behind our house. And especially when you're going against your older brother, the competition was fierce. You had to pick the best leaf that had fallen off of the tree send it on its way down the creek and hope for the best as it reached the finish line. But saying all that to say, we were constantly outside. I was blessed to have this connection with God's creation from a very early age. My father worked for Arkansas State Parks for many years, so this appreciation for the natural world was instilled within me. We would go camping, canoeing, fishing, hiking, and I think hiking was probably my favorite activity that we took as a family. It was always an adventure, and you never knew what was around the corner. 
At Pinnacle Mountain State Park, where my father worked, there were definitely plenty of trails to enjoy and explore. And as we hiked these trails growing up, I would see these trees and rocks that had this weird paint on them. I was always a curious young man, and so I was wondering why this green, blue, purple, pink paint was on these trees and rocks as we traveled along. And being the educators that my mother and father were, they always found teachable moments throughout our days. And so they were quick to teach my brother and I that these were what they called trail markers or trail blazes. They let you know that you were still on the path and you were headed the right way. We're still able to enjoy all that was around us, but we needed to stay on the trail. Let's be honest, friends. I think the fear of poison ivy kept me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Pretty much all of my days, I've had my fair share of bad experiences with that plant, but these markers act as guides. They act as these signposts, if you will, to help us from getting lost, to keep us safe, but also to enjoy the journey that is set before us. When I hear these requirements from God in Micah chapter 6, I almost see them as trail markers these guiding points for our journey of faith. Micah is genuinely wanting to know what God requires early on in the, in the chapter, asking if they should bring burnt offerings, make sacrifices, even bring my firstborn, Micah says. But God is quick to respond, stating that we are to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. But what does it mean to do these things? As people of faith, how can we apply this to our daily lives? Well, I think to do justice, we must look outward into the world. The quality of being just, I think, is a call to action. We cannot stand idly by, and hear me when I say this, we cannot stand idly by or stay silent when we see injustices in our world. The injustices of racism, sexism, gun violence, homelessness, just to name a few. These things that divide us and cause us harm. These things that affect people who are vulnerable and mistreated. These things that happen in our country, in our state, and yes, even in our own community on what seems to be a daily basis. Injustices that don't and can't sit right with us. They have to spur us to action to do justice, we must take care of the least and the lost, to champion voices that have been silenced for far too long, and to make sure no one is left behind. Friends, I believe that it's through this work of justice that we're able to go out into the world and truly love our neighbor, that we are able to look outward and seek to put others first in all that we do. As we seek to love kindness, I think we need to look inward. As we go throughout our lives, what we love matters. If we put something in front of our heart, our heart is very quick to take hold of that. You don't believe me. Um, chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant? <laughs> um, you have not seen such love before. I, my heart is quick to love and quick to find comfort there. I think clouds part and light shines down on the table and I might even hear angel choirs from time to time, but 
You get what I'm saying. Our hearts hold tight to good things in life that are in front of us. Not just chips and salsa, but our heart holds tight to joy and peace. These things that draw us closer to God and closer to one another. But what about when trouble comes? What about when the day is long and frankly we're just in a bad mood? Dr. Jeff Hampton, one of our pastors on staff, has told me one, one day before that sometimes you are climbing the rocky side of the mountain in the heat of the day. <laughs> when we get cut off in traffic, when we see something on social media that we disagree with and it just makes our blood boil, when that little voice in our head tells us that we're not good enough, it's easy for our hearts to latch on to hate or anger for our hearts to cling to fear or doubt. In those moments, it's vital for us to remember that God calls us to love kindness. Because it's only because God has shown us kindness first that we can do the same for others. Imagine our daily life that if when our feet hit the floor, we are able to make a conscious decision to love kindness first, to choose kindness. That we wake up, we take a personal inventory of our heart, and we find no room for fear, no room for doubt or anger. But instead, we find plenty of room for kindness. We make a conscious decision to commit to the things of God. I feel like our days would be a little easier. Like we wouldn't have as much weight on our shoulders, because frankly, we carry too much weight, friends. <laughs> It's not fair to ourselves because we know that what our heart is filled with is so often what overflows into the world. So if our heart's full of anger or doubt or fear, and when things spill over, guess what's going to come out? But instead, let's fill our hearts with the things of God. Let's fill our hearts with kindness, with joy and peace. Because if we choose to make room for these things, to live within our hearts, we'll find it easier to love our neighbor We'll find it easier to be in community with one another. As we seek to walk humbly with God, I think we need to look upward. I attended Winfield United Methodist Church out in West Little Rock growing up. It's now called Pinnacle View United Methodist Church. But I was blessed with wonderful mentors and friends that really helped lay the foundation of my faith growing up alongside my parents. There were pastors that didn't shy away from conversations and questions that I had as a young man at 16, 17 years old when I was expressing a call to ministry. They made me feel valued, that I had a seat at the table. There were also a host of congregates that really set the example of what it means to live a life of faithfulness. People who I think walk humbly with God every single day. One man in particular was named John Paul Jones. There was seldom a Sunday that Mr. John Paul would miss as he faithfully served as an usher and a greeter for pretty much my entire childhood, maybe up on even into my high school days. John Paul was incredibly kind. He was sincere and sweet. But you see, Mr. John Paul had some trouble with his vocal cords. He was often shaky in speech, and to no fault of his own, it just took him a little while to form words. So conversations didn't come easily for Mr. John Paul. But he didn't let that stop him from being a wonderful usher and greeter. 
But what Mr. John Paul was best known for, I think, was what we called at Winfield his role as the candy man. <laughs> John Paul carried around a white metal bucket, I swear it was probably from 1942, that was filled with pretty much every kind of candy imaginable. Peppermints, Tootsie Rolls, Lifesavers, Werther's, those weird strawberry hard candies that you never remember <laughs> buying, but they wound up in your house anyway. Mr. John Paul made this a part of his ministry at our church. Every Sunday morning, I would walk into the sanctuary and I would say hi to Mr. John Paul. He would hand me a church bulletin and then I knew that quickly that white metal candy bucket would be outstretched soon after. Something so small brought me so much joy every single week. I never thought of a peppermint being something that would center me for worship, but it really did. I would get my bulletin, I would get my peppermint, and I would make my way to my designated pew because you know as true United Methodists, you have to sit in the same spot every single week. But I would unwrap my peppermint, I'd take a deep breath, pop it in my mouth, and I'd be ready for worship. So when I think about someone walking humbly with God, well, John Paul exemplified a humble walk every single day. He made sure everyone felt welcomed, was valued, was seen. Even after Mr. John Paul passed away whenever I was in college, the importance of that ministry endured as his wife now takes on that ministry every single week. She continues that humble work. It still brings great joy to that community today, I know. So as we seek to do these things that God requires of us, to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, we know that it isn't going to be easy. It might not even be the most popular, popular thing to do, but the path has been set before us, and it will be a difficult one at times. Sometimes there's no easy way around it. We know that it's going to be tough. But as people of faith, as Christians, we are called to walk this path. We're called to commit to this hard work of living out what God requires. But God has shown us the markers along the way, these signposts, these guiding points throughout our lives. It let us know that we're headed in the right direction. Friends, we must also remember that God has given us a gift. We find comfort in the gift of Jesus Christ, whose life is an example for us. As people of faith, we know that we are in need of a Savior. We are an imperfect and broken people in need of Jesus. Jesus, who so willingly meets us in the mud and the muck that we too often find ourselves in throughout our lives and says, I'm here. I'm with you. Jesus, who will equip us for this path that God calls us to walk. We see examples of how Jesus lived out these requirements during his life in ministry. Jesus, who did justice by healing the sick. We see in the Gospels when he healed the leper, this man who was an outcast and unaccepted within his community. We find Jesus extending a hand and healing. Jesus, who loves kindness by showing compassion to others. He dined with Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who we know no one was kind to. He talked with the woman at the well 
telling her about eternal life and this precious life-giving water. Jesus, who walked humbly with his father every day by coming into the world despite knowing the price that he would have to pay. A savior who washed the feet of his disciples the night before he was to die. Jesus, who in the garden knew he was about to die, but still said, not my will, but yours be done, God. This is the example that we've been given. This is the example that we have to walk as we journey forth along this path. So as we go forth this week, as we navigate the path that God calls us to walk, as we commit to do this hard work, navigating the busyness of our daily lives, are you ready? Are you ready to commit to this hard work? One of my favorite passages of Scripture comes from the book of Ephesians. And we see the Apostle Paul writing that we have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The path has been set before us. We've been called to this work, to look outward into the world, into our community, holding it to the standard of God to love our neighbor and become a voice for the voiceless, to look inward and see if our hearts are filled with compassion, love, acceptance, and empathy, to look upward and be ready to listen to what God requires of us. May we all make that our mission today and every day. Hallelujah. Amen.